Merry Christmas. Hey, before we dive into week three in our Advent series, got to say two, two things. First of all, I'm very thankful to have my wife back. Yes. Yes, I was a lost puppy last week. They will tell you. So I'm so glad that she's back. Thank you all for all your prayers for us as we kind of navigated through some sickness. And I want you to give a big life point welcome to my brother and sister-in-law and niece and great niece. Now, give them a big welcome. They're, they're here. So there we go. All right, let's jump right in. I want to talk to you today about joy. Yes, uh, we've, we've been in this series called Do You See What I See? This is now week three. And for those of you that didn't grow up in a, a faith tradition that celebrates Advent, Advent is really about three things. Advent is about a celebration of the past. In other words, we, we celebrate the baby in a manger. And it's, who's got a manger scene in your house? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, we've got 11 or something. I don't know. We've got a bunch. And, and that's cool. And we, we, it, it's awesome to be able to celebrate the past. But how many know it's more than that? It's, it's a, a, a comfort in the present. How many know that Jesus didn't just show up? He's still here. Come on, somebody, right? He's still here. And an anticipation for the future. He he who was, who is, and is to come. That's what Advent is really all about. And every year when we do an Advent series, we talk about four things. We talk about the hope that came, the love that came, the joy that came, and the peace that came and is still here. And so if I were to ask you the question, do you see what I see today? I would tell you I see joy. I see joy, and I want you to see joy. And so as I'm preparing for this, I, I happen to stumble across a video that was entitled Pure Joy. Would you like to see a video called Pure Joy? Would you like to see it? It's only about 50 seconds long, so you gotta watch quick. You ready? Here's Pure Joy, watch the screen. Watson was going to throw to second, had to throw to first. And a franchise that won it in 1914 in Boston, 1957 in Milwaukee, has now won it in Atlanta in 1995. In 2021. Pure joy. Now you guys know I'm the biggest Brace fan in this room. That is not joy. That is happiness. Because happiness happens. And, and as joyful as that was, and as happy as that was, and as exhilarating as that was, uh, how many know that, uh, you know, it was, it's, it's been 20 Seven years. Um, I'm going to tell you that that's not the kind of joy we're going to talk about today. It's fun, but that's not the kind of joy we're going to talk about today. Here's the kind of joy we're going to talk about today. It's an expression of the work of Christ in your life. Joy is not just happiness. Happiness happens, and it comes and goes. And if I attach my joy to circumstances, 
If I attach my joy to my bank account, to my job, to my career, to my family, if I attach my joy to all of the things that can change, then my joy is now circumstantial. Um, truthfully, the things that bring us the most joy aren't things. Now, I, I've... I like things, and you do too, and, and you like opening presents, and we always say, oh, it's just season to give, but you're going to open them, <laughs> and you're going to be excited about what's in them, but, but joy is more than that. Joy is this evidence of God's activity in your life, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. It's an expression. It's, a, it's transformational. By the way, genuine joy changes everything. It'll change the way you treat your family. It'll change the way you do your job. Genuine joy will change your attitude. Come on, somebody. Anybody got an attitude problem? No, not in this church, of course not. And it's eternal. It's forever. See, if, if joy is eternal, then it can't disappear because I have a bad day. Our associate pastor, ladies and gentlemen, Matthew Robertson. <laughs> See the walk of shame. Listen to me. Joy and pleasure are two different things. Difficulty and joy can coexist. So I want you to get out of this mindset at the very beginning of today's message that Joy has something to do with just my happiness because it's so much more to that. In fact, we can't expect joy to be eternal if we attach it to things that are temporary. God never intended you to ride this spiritual roller coaster that's attached to your circumstances. That's not what he wanted for you. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you a definition of joy. I've given this to you at least twice. I know I gave it to you last year when we were doing the fruit of the spirit deal, but I want you to pay attention and, and fill this in if you're taking notes. Joy defined. Here it is. Joy is a feeling of confidence. Somebody said joy is not a feeling. Of course it is. Of course it is. How many know God created your emotions? Right? Joy is a feeling, but it's not just a feeling that rides a roller coaster of, of your circumstances. Joy is a feeling of confidence that God's got a plan. It's the assurance that he's working ultimately all things out together for his glory and your good. And the gladness, he has made me glad. The gladness that comes from knowing it is well with my soul. And so we're going to spend the rest of our time together kind of unpacking that definition. Is that okay? All right, so if you're taking notes, first thing I want you to write down is this, anticipate joy. Maybe, maybe I should say it like this, expect joy. As a follower of Christ, joy should be your default. And I'm going to tell you that we've allowed other things to be our default. And, and I, don't, I don't know if it happened at COVID. I don't know when it happened. But how many, how many have recognized that we've gotten very cynical? And cynicism should not be your default, follower of Christ. It ought to be joy. Complaining should not be your default. 
Any complainers in the room? That should not be our default. Anxiety and worry should not be your default. It ought to be joy. Anger should not be your default. It ought to be joy. Pessimism should not be your default. Can, can I tell you, I find myself slipping into that too. Like uh, this morning, our phone, my phone blew up yesterday with all the people that were sick and people are out of town. And then I, we get here and it's starting to rain. And I'm like, we're just going to be here by ourselves today. I get worried about that stuff. And I find myself slipping into that pessimism. And you do it too. You open in your presence and you're like, I'm probably not going to like this. <laughs> it's probably not going to fit. Well, I'm going to tell you something. If, if you're buying it for me, it's probably not going to fit. <laughs> do you know why? Because you've never been in a men's store with a big head, broad shoulders, spare tire, no butt, skinny ankle section. <laughs> it's never been a thing. So we do, we do fall into other defaults. Joy should be our default. Has he made you glad? I hope so. You ought to expect joy. Some people, now listen, I, I get it. I know that clinical depression is a real thing. But sometimes we're depressed because we expect depression. So I'm, I'm going to share this with you, and you're not going to like it, but I'm going to tell you this like it is. If joy is not your default as a follower of Christ, it's not a circumstantial problem. It's a spiritual problem. Because the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. There we go. <laughs> Luke chapter 2, here we go. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy. Oh, isn't that good news? Good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He's Messiah, the Lord. Isn't that good news? Here's what we're going to do. Leave that up on the screen. You see those word, three words, all the people. Are you in all the people? We're going to read that again. And when we get to those three words, all the people, here's what I want you to do. I want you to replace that phrase, all the people, with your name. And I want you to say it loud. Say it with me. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for Dwayne. That's why he came, by the way. How many know he came for all the world? But he came for you. He came to bring you great joy. He came to give you good news. Yes, it's for all the world, but it's for you. And you can expect joy. I anticipate joy. Do you know why? Because Jesus is here. I expect joy because Jesus is for me. I expect joy because Jesus knows what he's doing. I expect joy because he has a plan. He's here, he's for me, he knows what he's doing, and he's got a plan. Those four things, ought to, that ought to cause you to have joy be your default from this day forward. He's for me, he knows me, he's got a plan, he's here, he knows what he's doing, he's in control. What circumstance will you face tomorrow that's bigger than that? Exactly, nothing. <laughs> the psalmist said in Psalm 30, weeping may last through the night. Joy comes in the morning. You, you having a bad day? Guess what? You get a brand new one tomorrow. 
You're having a bad day? Guess what? The sun's going to come up. Just get through today. Anticipate joy. Expect joy. Take a note. Write this down. Recognize joy. And I'm going to tell you, this might, this might be a bigger challenge. Because I think our culture has lied to us about what joy looks like. I told you about those stupid car commercials that, are, that play every year. You know, I'm going to go spend $60,000 60, without telling my wife and put a bow around it. Yeah, that's not joy in my house. That's a fight. <laughs> that's not what joy looks like, y'all. <laughs> Matthew chapter 2. I love this verse. Listen. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child when his mother Mary and they they bowed down and worshipped him, and they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. See, those, and, and I don't want to ruin your manger scene, but Jesus was probably two years old when the, when the Magi showed up. So keep it, it's fine. <laughs> you know, it's fine, but, but what you have to, yeah, no, I ru- I've ruined it, yeah, I've ruined your... But, but, but here's, here's the thing. Listen, um, they, they saw the star and traveled. Some people think, some commentators said they traveled 120 miles to get to the Christ child. Went through all kinds of stuff on the way. They, they had to deal with a deceptive tyrant king, and they lost sight of the star for a little while, but they finally made it there. And I'm about to drop, oh, that, that sounded a little redneck, didn't it? I'm about to drop, I'm about to give you a deep theological truth. Are you ready? You, you, I'm, you're going to have to write this down. This is deep, and it's theological, and it's heavy, and, and I, I'm going to blow your mind with this one. I'm going to tell you why the magi, the wise men, why they found the Christ child. You ready? You know why they found him? Because they were looking for him. Why does a hummingbird find nectar? Why does a buzzard find rotten flesh? Because that's what they're looking for. What are you looking for? If you're looking for joy, you're going to find it. If you're looking for depression, and you're looking for anxiety, and you're looking for worry, and you're looking for something to complain about, and you're looking for something to be cynical about, you'll find that too. The wise men found Jesus because that's what they were looking for. And you're like, well, I... I just, I just don't see it. Oh, oh, now pay attention. That passage I just read to you says that they, didn't, they weren't overjoyed when they found Jesus, were they? They were overjoyed when they saw the star. So I'm going to tell you that the wise men were overjoyed at the promise, not just the fulfillment of the promise. And some of you guys are waiting until everything lines up like you think it needs to line up. Everything's happening like you think it needs to happen. What you ought to do is just be overjoyed at the promise. You know why I'm overjoyed today? Because he's here. He's for me. He knows me. And he knows what he's doing. He's got a plan for my life. I've got 66 books full of promises that I have to be joyful over. So don't tell me that running out of gas, losing my job, losing my house 
is enough to rob me of the joy that God has promised. If you're looking for a reason to rejoice, you can find it. <laughs> 7,000 promises, by the way, in that book. 7,000 promises. And almost every one of them are true. Say it loud. All of them are true. Dwayne, you don't understand what I'm walking through. I'm going to tell you, sometimes joy doesn't seem joyful. When we lost my dad, that was uh, when my sister called and, and, and told me that that things were not looking very good, and I broke every traffic law in the state of Georgia to get there. Oh, it was a bad week. It was, uh, it was, and some of you guys have lost a parent, you know what I'm talking about. It's just, it's, there's just, it's a different kind of grief. And then the day we buried him, I stood at his casket all by myself, and all of a sudden memories, uh, and I thought, man, he lived 90 years, a great life. Obviously raised wonderful children. (laughs) And I stood there and I thought, this thought just captured my heart. I have no regrets. I said everything to him that I needed to say. I know where he's at. I know that there's no more suffering and there's no more oxygen. And even though my heart was broken, can I tell you there was great joy in that moment. Sometimes joy doesn't look joyful, but if you're looking for it, you can find it. Because <laughs> I'm going to let you know, through, you, you're going through some stuff. Well, somebody said, you ought to be more positive, Dwayne. I'm positive you're going to go through some stuff. <laughs> you, you, you saw that, that silly little video, and y'all... That, that didn't surprise anybody in the room that knows me. I played the little Braves video at the very beginning. But, but you know what? I remember going to see games when I was a teenager when there were more people on the field than there were in the stands because they were losing 100 games a year. <laughs> y- you know, sometimes you've got to go through some stuff to get to some stuff. And, and oftentimes what we do is we think that because we're, we're through a difficult circumstance, we're through in a difficult situation, things don't happen to be going our way. We think that somehow God is against us and somehow things, uh, you know, he's forgotten us, he's forsaken us. And I'm telling you, God might be sending you through something to get you to something. And if that's the case, y'all, I want to be in the middle of that something. If God's trying to get me somewhere, I want to go through whatever it is I got to go through to get where he's trying to get me. Did that make sense? Was that grammatically correct? Do you understand what I'm saying? See, if difficult times, if troubled times are a catalyst to get me where I need to be, I can find joy in the midst of those difficult times. Difficulty and joy can coexist. And the world has told us otherwise and lied to us and told us that joy looks like money and joy looks like success and joy looks like stuff and joy looks like you know, the silly Hallmark movies that I was making up fun of last week. I'm just, you weren't here. I'm sorry. Ugh, got in trouble. Got in trouble. Yes, 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 yes. They are silly, though. So expect joy. Recognize joy. And here we go. Listen, choose joy. I love this psalm. It's 
Psalm 118 says, this is the day the Lord has made. We will, we're probably going to rejoice. We will rejoice and be glad in it. You notice what the, what the Bible doesn't say? This is the, the day the Lord has made where everything's going to go just right for you. So rejoice in that day. This is the day that you're going to get the raise. You're going to get the job. You're going to get everything that, that, that you want. Everything's going to go your way. And you're all your, your, your little wants and needs and desires. Are going to be, so you can rejoice in that day. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that if the sun comes up, you ought to find a reason to rejoice. And it's a choice, y'all. <laughs> Jamie Wiggins put this on Facebook yesterday. I thought it was beautiful. It said, misery might love company, but so does joy. And joy throws better parties. That's good, y'all. So, so listen. <laughs> it's a choice. Joy is a choice. Let me tell you what joy isn't. Joy's not circumstantial. Joy's not a feeling of giddiness. Joy's not a locker room celebration. Come on. Joy's, joy's not natural, by the way. If it's natural, I don't want it. It's supernatural. Joy's not some lofty, unattainable experience. But here was, is what joy is. Joy is eternal, and joy is supernatural. And most of all, you can choose it because joy is paid for. The, the old song says, the world didn't give it to me, and the world can't take it away. That's the kind of joy we're talking about. Joy that's empowering. Happiness is circumstantial. Joy's eternal. Happiness happens. Joy's a choice, and I'm going to choose joy. Donna quoted it this morning. The joy of the Lord is my strength. How do you survive? How do you get through this day? Not because I'm strong. Not because I got my stuff together. Because the joy of the Lord of Lord's my strength. But I also recognize that there's this passage in the Bible where Jesus said, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly, but there's a thief that wants to steal, kill, and destroy. How many know there's some joy thieves in the world? Can we, can we talk about a couple of them? Sometimes joy thieves look like people. Before I tell you to, to avoid joy thieves, I'm going to tell you to not be one. What kind of investment are you making in the lives of other people? Are you bringing joy? Or are you sucking the life out of somebody else? I'm going to tell you to make it your mandate as a follower of Christ. If the joy of the Lord your strength then everybody you come in contact with, you ought to be throwing some of that on them. I had this guy I used to work with, and he got mad at me because every morning I'd walk in and I'd be like, hey, man, how's it going? Are you having a good day? Things are going well? And he's like, is this, you got him in your office or your place of business? He's like, <sighs> he does. It's, every Monday's Monday. You know what I'm saying? I mean, every day's Monday. <sighs> And finally, he, he looked at me and said, I don't want you to do that to me anymore. I said, what? He said, I don't want you to be all happy around me. I was like, then you don't need to be around me. Make it your job 
Make it your mandate to bring joy into other people's lives. Well, some of y'all are going to go out to eat after we're done here. All right? Here's what I want you to do. I want you, I want you to make sure that, that that young lady, that young man, old lady, old man, whoever's waiting on your table, they're gonna, there's going to be more joy in their life when I leave here than there was when I got here. You see what I'm saying? Don't be a joy thief. Now, if you got, if you got a joy thief around you, Here's what I want you to do. I want you to convert them. Sometimes it's people. Um, sometimes joy thieves are habits. Anybody ever had a habit that stole joy? Uh, yeah. Now, I'm going to tell you that, that, that there's two kinds of habits. There's habits that rob joy, and there's habits that bring joy. Like when, when your wife brushes her teeth. That's a great habit, right? <laughs> it's a great habit. You know, I'm going to tell you to feed those habits that bring you joy. Things like opening your Bible, uh, uh, things, things like coming to church even on a rainy Sunday morning. You hear what I'm saying? I, I, I want you to feed those habits that bring you joy, but there are some of those habits that are going to rob you of joy. And we're not going to list them because you know what they are. You know what they are for you. But those, those things that tend to rob you of the joy of the Lord, those things that tend to, jo- that, that just keep coming back over and over and over again those habits that just that they rob you physically and they rob you mentally and emotionally i'm going to tell you to kill them because they're killing your joy oh so people sometimes steal our joy so sometimes habits steal our joy sometimes attitudes steal our joy you know sometimes you can't control what happens to you in your life right? You, you can't control the, the rain that falls, right? But here's what I'm, I've learned in my, in my 50 few years. I can't control how I respond to those things. I can't control my attitude. I've heard people say, well, my attitude just got away from me. Well, that's a problem. Don't, don't let your own attitude, certainly don't let somebody else's attitude rob you of your joy. Listen, you, and I get that. you got someone in your life you're afraid to ask how they're doing because they're going to tell you. <laughs> right? I, I get that. But how many people on this planet can you control? One person. One person. And here's what, here's what we ought to do as followers of Christ. We ought to walk out here with a joyful attitude, regardless of what's going on in our circumstances. And, and that ought to be contagious. That ought to be contagious because, because your attitude is contagious. So choose which one you're going to have. And I'm going to tell you the last thing, and this is, I'm going to get a little preacher on you. I'm going to tell you the last thing that's gonna, that we're going to talk about, the last joy thief that we're going to talk about. This is not a comprehensive list, but I just felt compelled to talk to you about this this morning. When you carry unrepented sin, that'll rob you of your joy. When, when there's things in your life that are displeasing to God and, and you're just hanging on to them instead of if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And so I'm going to tell you, if, if, you're, in, if you're in a if you feel like you're in a joyless season, before I looked at somebody else, before I looked at somebody else's attitude, bef- I'd, I'd search my own heart and see if there's not something in, inside you 
some, some sin that has separated you from the, the presence of God and it's just weighing you down, I'm, there's something beautiful about being a new creation, y'all. And so if you're carrying that stuff around, it's going to steal your joy and you don't have to carry it. That's the beautiful thing about the gospel, y'all. It's that if, if I've got sin in my life, he bore it on the cross. And so all I've got to do is surrender it to him. It's yours, and he'll take it. And the Bible says that when that happens, there is joy unspeakable and full of glory. All right. So I'm going to give you three steps very quickly. Three steps to joy. Um, the first one is gratitude. Look at what 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 says. Rejoice always. How often? Always. always. And then he tells us why and how. You, we, we rejoice because we pray continually. And look what he says. Give thanks in. Don't you hate those words all? So you mean when, when my tire's flat and when you know, my relationships aren't right and things are bad, at, I'm supposed to give thanks even in that? And, and he says, yes, because this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. See, that's, that's counterintuitive, isn't it? We think we're supposed to only give thanks when things are going the way we think they need to go. And the Bible says that we should feel joyful and be thankful instead of griping and complaining when things don't go our way. And when we do that, it opens our heart to joy. It's just how that works. Well, I don't have anything to be thankful about. You better stop. Okay, let's say that this was all about material stuff. It's not, but let's say it is. Everybody in this room, there are more people on the planet with less than you than there are people on the planet with more than you. Everybody in the room. So if, if you're going to tell me you don't have something to be thankful for, um, I, I want to stand beside you when you tell God that. And I'm going to laugh. Not really. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm just saying. Is that something? How can we live in the, in the richest place on the planet and then complain about what we don't have? Come on, y'all. How about let's be thankful that we do live in the richest place on the planet and offer God thanksgiving and gratitude, right? right. Second thing, you're not going to like this one, is obedience. Here's how we say it around here. We listen to God and do what he says. Jesus said it. Here we go. John chapter 15. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love just as I obey my father's commandments and remain in his love. Listen, I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. And yes, your joy will overflow. Jesus said the key to your joy is doing what he said to do. That's pretty simple, isn't it? Read what Jesus did, read what he told you to do, do it, and you'll find yourself with a joyful life. See, the more we align ourselves with God's word and we understand his ways and choose a lifestyle that aligns with his word and his wisdom, the more we open ourselves to the good fruit of those choices and the fruit of that spirit is love and joy. And then lastly, here we go. The last step is fellowship. Um, first of all, fellowship with Christ. I love this passage. Psalm 1611 says, You make known to me the path of life. Oh, listen. 
in your presence, there is fullness of joy. In other words, you're never going to experience joy like you'll experience in the presence of the Lord. And, and I don't have to tell you this, but I'm going to tell you anyway. How many know that the presence of God is not reserved for this building? You know where he's at? Any, anywhere you call on his name. In fact, he said, if you'll draw close to me, I'll draw close to you. So anywhere you, you, anywhere you find yourself, you're, you're a prayer away, you're a breath away from the presence of God. And in his presence, you'll find fullness of joy. In his presence, fullness of joy. See, there seems to be a connection between following God's plan, living in his presence, and joy in our life. Following God's plan, live in his presence, and find joy in our life. But it, it, it's not just that, y'all. It's fellowship with Christ, and it's fellowship with each other. Going to prove it to you. Watch this. How many of you have ever, just be honest with me, woke up and thought, I don't want to go to church this morning? Don't raise your hand yet. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> thought, I don't want to go to church this morning. Push through, and then as you're walking out the door, you went, wow, I'm so glad I did that. <laughs> exactly. You know why? Because that's how God designed you. God designed you for community. God designed you to be with other people who believe like you believe and to lift high the name of Jesus as a group, as a, as, as a church, as a fellowship. And I thought, I, and I, was, I was digging and digging and digging to try to find a connection between that thought and the joy of the Lord. And I found this obscure passage that just said it so well. It's, it's 2 John, just one chapter, but the 12th verse. John wrote, was writing to his church, and he said, Though I have much to write to you, I would rather not use paper and ink. Instead, I hope to come to you, listen, and talk face to face. Why? So that our joy may be complete. I'm going to tell you. See, how, how many times have you ever felt depressed and anxious and worried and then got, got around some Jesus people, locked arms with them, and all of a sudden, you find joy. It's a thing. And, and while I, I'm so thankful for our, our audience online, man, I, I hope if, if you can get here, get here. Because that's the missing link. It's when you're able to lock arms. And doesn't it feel good when, when, when the band's playing and, and, work and you're just able to just connect with God with other people around you? It just works. All right. Donna's going to come, and we're going we're to end our time together today. Um, but I, I do want to read that one passage one more time from Psalm chapter 30. It says, Weeping may last through the night, but joy comes in the morning. And, and I just felt compelled today to, to pray for you. Maybe, maybe you're in a night time. Maybe you're in a, in a dark place. And, and maybe, maybe your default hasn't been joy in recent days and weeks. I want to pray for you today. 
Or maybe you're here and you don't know Jesus. And you're searching for joy in all of those places. And you've just not found it. The truth of the matter is, joy comes from your soul. And until your soul is well, joy is fleeting. I believe that with all my heart. Until you can say, like, like the old hymn, it is well with my soul. Joy is a pursuit that you'll never find. I didn't say you wouldn't find happiness because there's a lot of happy people that are going to hell. That sounded harsh, but it just happens to be true. I'm not telling you you'd never be happy. I'm telling you that you'll never have this kind of joy that we're talking about today until it's well with your soul. Donna challenged you earlier. If you're here, you're watching online, and you don't know the Lord Jesus, I would challenge you to surrender your life to him today. What's it look like when you confess that Jesus is Lord, that he's the Son of God? And you confess that you aren't. You confess that, there's, that you've committed sin because you have. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of God's glorious standard. Everybody on this planet. beautiful part of the gospel message is that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. So we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead. The Bible says that you're born again. If you've never been through that process, if you've never surrendered your life to Christ, I would challenge you to do that today. I challenge you to confess that Jesus is Lord. Ask him to forgive your sin and come into your heart. Change your life. And then follow him from this day forward. Or maybe you're just here and you say, Dwayne, I'm, I'm in a dark place. So here's what I, I'm just going to ask you to do. With nobody looking around, I want you to bow your heads. If you're here and you say, Dwayne, I, I need joy. I need the kind of joy that you've talked about today. Um, maybe you've done a pretty good job of fooling people around you. They think you're full of joy, but, but it's, it's a mask. And, and I get that. I, I wore one for a long time. But you say, Dwayne, today I want to take off the mask and I want to experience the joy of the Lord in my life. And I, I want to quit leaning on my circumstances that are temporary. And I want to anchor my hope, my joy to Christ Jesus and his purpose and plan for my life. If that's you, you want to pray for you this morning. I just want you to just throw your hand in the air real quickly. Amen. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for the joy of the Lord. Thank you for joy that is eternal and not temporal, that's solid and not circumstantial. Joy that is a gift purchased on the cross of Christ. So God, I pray for those in the room, I pray for those watching online that might be in a dark place and joy seems fleeting. But God, you're able to cause the joy of the Lord to be their strength. 
So God, I pray that from this day forward, we won't look to our circumstances for our joy. We won't look to temporal things. We would anchor our joy to the rock of Christ Jesus because you have made us glad. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God, we take that mask off. Everybody thinks we're okay and we're really struggling. But today, God, we just surrender our heart, surrender our life, our purpose and plan to the, to the plan of Christ. Thank you, Lord. I think it'd be in order if we ended this service like this. I want you to stand to your feet. Donovan, and, and as many of the band that want to come, let's just, let's just sing about the gladness and goodness of the Lord. You have made me glad and I'll see of the voice. Lord. You are my shield. My strength, my portion, my portion, deliverer, my shelter, strong tower, my very presence. Come on, you are my shield. have a great afternoon and merry 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 christmas god bless christmas eve see you christmas eve